Hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. Uh, it's a Friday night. It's the after show. Here's Greg Oliar with us. How are you, Greg? I am very well, Zev. How are you? I'm terrific. Hi, LB. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. We've got a yeah. busy show tonight. We're going to do the whole week. And there was so much news this week. I could not believe how much news was happening yeah. this week. Uh, I guess the biggest story that you just can't, or you wouldn't even want to ignore, it's, just, it's so big, is what's happening in Georgia, which is just like turning back the clock yeah. into the dark ages. I'll be, that's your story. And I've got a little tape to play as well uh, from what happened okay. last night when one of the representatives trying to enter the governor's office to witness the signing of a bill got arrested, which is kind of stunning on its own. But, but why don't you take us through what happened last night? Okay. Well, you know, Kemp got a bunch of middle-aged white dudes uh, to surround him as he sat down with his mask on. Mr. No Masker sat with his mask on and, and some of the others had their masks on, probably so that history wouldn't quite recognize them for this thing that they knew they were doing that was so corrupt, and um, signed into uh, law, into Georgia law, state law, a bill that is probably the biggest voting suppression bill we've seen. It, it, it truly is, you know, Reverend Senator Warnock calls it Jim Crow 2.0, and it really is. And one of the things that people have really attached themselves to in terms of the most egregious part of it, as they should, and Joe uh, Biden and his presser even called it sick, because it is, is that it makes it illegal for anyone to even offer food or water to voters standing in line. So they're trying to just, you know, they're just, they're literally throwing out black votes. This is like, make it illegal. And the underpinning of the whole thing, so that you can get the big broad picture is that the Georgia state legislature is now saying that if they don't like the outcome, they can change it. So it is codifying the big lie uh, that Donald Trump told about, I, you know, the election was stolen from me. And, you know, if someone just has that feeling, <laughs> even though there's no evidence and the state legislature and the electors say, yeah, we don't like the way this all went, that they now have codified it into law that they can overturn the votes and the will of the people. It's so blatant. It's not even election. attempting to very blatant. It's blat I mean, and firstly, this, the, the pizza thing and the water thing. I mean, you know, that's not really going to distract anyone or detract anyone from voting. If they want to, you know, people are going to be spending many hours yeah. in line voting, which they shouldn't, but you know, they'll, they'll set up the pizza place 150 feet away or 200 feet away, wherever the limitations are. That's not going to really oh. stop anyone. Well, we're going to from... cater it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to show up and cater the event. Right. Okay. I mean, so, and, and they had to have known that it would have that reaction. So I, I have yeah. a lot of questions around all this. While this was happening, while he was signing this very corrupt law, outside was a state representative who was actually also a member of Reverend Warnock's former congregation. And so it's an elected official and she is, her name is Park Cannon, at mm -hmm. Park Cannon. And she, all she did was knock on the door. Yeah. She didn't storm the Capitol. She didn't do any of this, right? She knocked on the door and she was immediately arrested by some goons. Here we go. The governor is signing a bill that affects all Georgians. Why is he doing it in private? And why is he trying to keep elected officials who are representing us out of the process? You give her one more time, like you're going to do okay, She knocks again, arrest. No, you are not representing Oh, they handcuff her. trying to see something that our governor is doing our yeah. governor is signing a bill 
next, all Georgians, if you're going to arrest an elected representative. Why does the governor have more power than, the, than a representative? Why are you arresting her? Stop arresting her. Cite the violation. Cite the code. What is she in violation of? I want you to cite the code. Cite the code. Cite it. What are you? Cite the code. Cite the code. Cite the code. Why are you arresting her? Under what law are you arresting her? Why are you arresting her? Why are you arresting her? So, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here is, you know, yeah. Wow. And, and, Shocking. and I want to say it, it immediately got weaponized to be a what about ism equivalent of the the insurrection, right? Of like, well, she wasn't allowed to be there. She tried to intrude. And, you know, you guys had such an issue, meaning everyone who had an issue with the insurrectionists with, with Donald Trump's followers just going and doing their field trip to the Capitol. That, and you wanted them arrested and they're all getting arrested. So she should get arrested. Why wouldn't she get arrested? So that weaponization is already happening. I want everyone to be mindful of that. We are in a narrative war. We mm -hmm. are in a war of optics, in a war of semantics. It's it's a real thing. It's We're fighting a propaganda machine. We have not gotten any better at fighting it, quite frankly. And so this is all getting weaponized and turned into propaganda. I'm not saying that she should not have knocked on the door because this was bound to happen. I'm saying this is now our powerful I, optic. I just don't even we see the comparison. Separating. What's I the comparison with the Capitol on January 6th? What's the comparison with anything? What's the comparison? Yeah. Bill Clinton once did exactly. something bad and therefore Donald exactly. Trump can rape whoever the fuck right, he wants. Right, right. This is mad. I, I don't even know if I can. This is so fucking maddening. Mm -hmm. These men should be yeah. ashamed of themselves. These That's right. disgusting men should be ashamed of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they, they're married and they have families and their families shame them for the rest of their fucking lives. It is Forget really about horrifying. Kemp. Kemp yep. is a goddamn criminal. We forget because of all the, the shenanigans yeah. that happened in Georgia with, oh, this the the the, the vote counted was, was accurate there for once. But Kemp cheated in the election. He was the attorney general of Georgia. He fucking cheated. He's there unlawfully. And now he's doing this shit. This law is bullshit, by the way. This is going to be overturned in two weeks. I have full that's confidence right. that that's going to happen. It's just like the bullshit thing in Arkansas with the anti-trans people. Fuck these people. That's all I have to. I'm, so I'm not going to be very coherent or articulate tonight. I'm sorry. I'm in a mood. Fuck yeah. all these people. That's really, mm. I'm sorry. That's, You're that's, right. my, that's right. my commentary. No. What, there's I nothing love to be said. that. But also, can I just say, as, mm. as delightful as it was for everybody to be like, we're going to cater it and this and that, that's insane. It's insane that we that we have to even think in those terms. We don't have to cater it. These people should be arrested long before November. End of discussion. I, I don't want people to go to Georgia with cake. That's it's a madness. This shouldn't be happening now. Okay. You're, you're right. I, I don't even know what to do. You're right. You're right. I know. I know. And I know. I know. Other than I, sip I know my drink, which I'm going to do now. <laughs> sip the drink. Sip the drink. Water. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're all going to take a drink. Okay. That's all. Okay, it's that so kind of week where everyone sort of needs to take a breath, right? Because it's, it's so that much kind going of week. on. And I want to talk about that because I think this is part of it being that kind of week. So here's what I suspect. Something is going on. There's no way that the criminal. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Kemp the criminal. Criminal Kemp. Criminal, yes. criminal no with a K. Criminal with a K. Criminal with a K. So the KKK. KKK. Yeah. There's no way that 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 he didn't know 
what the reaction was going to be to this, that it would be overturned, that it's going to kick up. Of course, Mark Elias is already on it. There's three lawsuits. It's going to stop it. It's it's galvanizing. You know, yes, it is ridiculous to show up for catering. And yes, we are probably going to end up having to do that, Greg. I'm sorry. No one's stopping these motherfuckers. No one is stopping the motherfuckers. It's a waste of the intellect. It's a waste of all of our creative energy. Yeah, it is. I don't mean to make the hand signal with the, the thing that's been weaponized too. It's ridiculous that I have to watch my hands, right? Because that's all been weaponized. But that's where we're at, everybody. Yep. We are still here because we didn't normalize Donald. Donald normalized the worst in us. This is all normal now, Well, okay? Not because we the press normalized him, but because he fucking normalized our worst demons, our, the worst side of us, and made it okay for that motherfucker to sit there in his office and sign that bill into law, knowing it would be un- overturned, knowing that it was cosplay. No, everyone's just performing. You've got three senators down at the border, right, per- doing their performance art. Everything's fucking performance art now. And, st- and we're really facing really big, huge issues. So we're going to keep facing those big issues. We're going to keep fighting for those big issues. That's the job. It's demoralizing. It's it's having, everyone I know is having a week. Everyone I know is like at the end of their fucking ropes. And I just want to acknowledge for our audience, if you're at the end of, if you're like, I can't fucking believe this is still going on and I'm still stuck in COVID and where's my fucking check and where's the fucking vaccine? Okay, I got the vaccine. When do I go back to work? I get it. I think that's a, I think it's important to acknowledge this moment. Now, I was on the phone today, just before this, I was, I'm working with some folks in Georgia, in Atlanta. And I think I also want everyone in Georgia to know, because they weren't quite sure. They were like, you guys know what happened here, right? And I said, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, everybody knows this is the biggest story out there. Because when something's so local, right? When it's so like your state, it's kind of unclear if the rest how of the world can big hear. it is. Yeah. Right. And so it was important for them to know, yeah, we can all hear you and we're all going to be there for you. And so anyone, you know, in Georgia, reach out to them. If you haven't been talking to them, you know, it's also important for everyone to know there. Yeah, this is a seminal case and we're watching it and we're going to fight for voting rights. And Mark Elias was out there saying a couple of weeks ago that the biggest news story right now is what's happening in voter rights. It's the unbelievable, just ripping apart of voter rights like this country has not seen before. It's really happening. They're really doing it. The GOP is really doing it. They are done with democracy. They're done. They have said we're done. They're going on Fox News and saying fascism is what we're going to do now. And they're embracing it. This is an anti-democratic party in a two-party system. And they have a tremendous amount of power, even though they are in the minority right now. And what we need to do is push them further down into the minority. 2022 is our chance to do that. If we don't do that, if they gain, I'm not even talking about keeping things equal. That's bad enough. But if they gain seats in the House or the Senate, everyone needs to understand it's fucking over. Yeah. We are still at this precipice of our democracy and democracy ending. And thank God Joe Biden also knows that. And we all need to stand behind him. 
He was at his first presser yesterday. And what did he say? He said, there's anti-democratic forces in the world who want, they don't think democracy works anymore. And he was speaking specifically of big states, of China, of Russia. We could come back to that, Zev, right before we go to your guest, right? Of that sentiment of this is, there are big, our sort of global whether they're enemies or partners, we don't really know. We have to be in the world with them, but they're attacking us. Th these huge, huge power centers are that are opposed to our system and even our way of life really want all democracy to end. They don't think it works. They're done with it. And you know who are their allies? The Kochs, the Mercers, the Murdochs, okay? The GOP, the entire fucking GOP that installed that motherfucking ape that we had to deal with for four years. They installed him. They installed him to destroy democracy because they knew where it was going. Rush Limbaugh and Bill O'Reilly were telling us 20 years ago, right? This is what bore, this is where Ann Coulter, this is the, the depths of the bowel of the the fucking polyps on the colon of Satan bore that bitch into the world for us to deal with out of this, this concise thought that, that they had real clarity on all the way the fuck back then that they were going to be in the minority, that white supremacists that they were, that they were going to be in the minority. And so it was, it's been an all out effort to stop the loss of power and the, and to stop the loss of power if you're falling into the minority means you have to do away with democracy you have to destroy it okay and that's what reverend warnock was also saying he said it again today he said it from his first speech on the on the floor of the senate of why to get rid of the filibuster it's you can't have this hypocrisy where you're saying we've got to protect the minority votes in the senate while you're throwing away the votes of minor minority across the nation and they're not going to be able to sustain that for very much longer because, you know, the minority is about to become the majority, at least when it comes to the voting public. If not already, we just can't see it because there's so much goddamn voter suppression happening. Okay, that's my rant. Those are my thoughts. There's a lot of thoughts in there. Those I will now thoughts. back off. But those no, no, are my that was a good thing. Look, I think you're you're absolutely right. We're at the precipice of something really important. I don't think this is just normalizing things. I think this is a confrontation. This is the democratic forces and the anti-democratic forces are confronting each other. Now, I've seen this movie before. I've, I watched this in South Africa. I know, I know how it plays out. I've got news for the GOP. Yeah and how they think it's going to play out is gonna is not what is actually gonna happen. I mean, the truth of it is, this isn't just a story in Georgia, and it isn't just a story in the United States. It's a story around the world. And the world is looking at the at Kemp and all of the GOP in general, but also all the white supporters of these parties, and they're looking at them like they're prehistoric apes who are determined to push us back into the dark ages. There is no, there's no one around the world except these, you know, ivory towers that are supporting these anti-democratic forces that really think this is a good idea. There's a majority of people around the world who have who have got so much invested in democracy and in the hope of democracy, and they want the United States to survive, and they want the United States to survive as a democratic country. And so they're looking at these GOP people and thinking, what the hell are these people doing? If they think any 
any company is going to invest in Georgia, or if they think any foreign nation is going to invest in Georgia, or if they think they can hold any international event in Georgia or international sports event in Georgia, they are wrong. I'm even surprised that Coca-Cola is still in Georgia because they're going to start seeing their sales cut around the world because all these companies that represent that state are going to be in trouble because the world hates this kind of behavior. No one believes that the whites are supreme and no one believes that the white people should have control of this democratic country except for this small group of people. And they are in a minority and that's where they're going to stay unless they're somehow magically able to you know, replicate at a, at a greater amount than everybody else, which they're not able to do. So they are going to continue in decline and that puts them in an awful position. What they should be doing now is realizing, well, you know, we better figure out our future with everybody else in this country. If we feel like we're threatened, oh, yeah. let's, but they're not doing that. They're throwing no, up no, they, barricades. They want to destroy the country, no, burn everything down. Wanna, yeah, that is right. not going to work. It doesn't work because the numbers are against you. And if you think that China and Russia are going to come in and help you, you're sorely mistaken. They are just doing this so they can gain even more power in the world. They're not really supporting the GOP. If the GOP really thinks that Russia or Putin cares about the GOP, they are wrong. They, are, they don't care about them at all. They are just doing this to see the United States suffer. And these white people who made this country originally happen are the reason that this country is being destroyed right now. And that is a reason to be mad as hell. And, and you, know, we are, you know, we all have an obligation right now to make sure that the rest of the world hears about this, that we don't let any companies invest in, in Georgia, that there are boycotts, that no one buys anything made in Georgia, and that we really make that economy suffer so that Kemp and all his cronies with a K can be thrown out of power. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're on fire tonight. So that was good. All right. I am for economic boycotts. I, I this guy is facing re-election in 2022. So which is a big election for the whole country. It is. Those midterms are huge for us, everybody. And so, you know, I don't know if Stacey Abrams is going to run again, but I feel like if she were to run again, she would. I mm -hmm. don't know that he would be able to prevent think, her from winning. Now, I think now the is. one thing I, I oh, is. I remember, I remember, I remember. And it's Greg, we have to get, and Zev, we have to get, we have to go back into our Kavanaugh toolbox, right? And mm. sort of see, is this, again, I ask, I, it, there's something else underneath this that I feel like we can't quite see when it comes to camp. What? I don't know that it's just cosplay. He knows it's not going to work. And not, not only is it not going to work, it's firing everybody else up again, right? We're, we're fired up again. And last time we got all fired up, it didn't work out so well for them. So maybe he's, uh, he, maybe he's just an, it is also it's about getting to the court. Do you think it's about getting something up it, to the Supreme court look, to change precedent? To do it, could something? Be. it could be something so, like that. Something or it weird could be is just, going on. That it that could be, but that also suggests that they really know what they're doing. It could just be they're just going to keep hammering this shit home. They're going to keep making these laws. They're going to keep passing the laws in their state houses, hoping that one of them sneaks through and doesn't get challenged. You know, it might just be that because all he has to do is have this beyond the books in November of whenever he's up again. Right. That's what he that's what he wants. So I, I don't think that Kemp. I, I don't know. He seems he's just, first of all, can we just say. He has the most punchable face that I've ever seen. <laughs> he really does. You just he looks like the villain oh. from every bad movie. Like, violence, he, yes. No, like if you were to cast no, him in a no movie, like you're making no political violence, but if you were casting a movie 
where you just wanted so you, you wanted someone to walk through the door and you immediately fucking hated him and knew he was a dick you would put brian kemp in that role mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that's his that's he's just a hypocrite. i mean he's a hypocrite he basically Thank doesn't you. believe in any of this he's just doing this because he sort of has to you know coke or someone else whoever's funding his his life has told him you've got to do this you've got to put up a stink and look maybe they're just doing this to divide us all maybe they just want to make us every liberal in this country so mad that you know we just ignite everything even more it's quite possible that that's what they want they're getting it but you know they're going to also get themselves voted out of power there's no ways that something like this isn't going to galvanize everyone in georgia to vote i mean it just is and the, you know when that happens they are outnumbered. They are. They lose. They they lose their seats. There's no ways this can work. So you know, maybe it's that, or maybe and I don't think they get them back. I don't think yeah. they get them back. I, I think, think some do. of this is they're lost. It's lost for a generation. I, I it's, do. It is terrifying, and it is does put us at this precipice. You know, it's rare in history. I can't think of another time, in in like in I don't know. I know hundreds of years we've actually been in this position where you know democracy a whole system of rule is being challenged i mean it probably goes back to to your favorite period the the romans right greg i mean when last no, did something well, like this you know really you have to remember and to your point the period of time that we're living in in the united states and especially in the post world war 2 period is a historical anomaly of epic proportions mm -hmm. that 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 western and central europe have not fought wars since 1945. The last time that happened was during the reign of, as you said, Zev, Antonius Pius in like the first century yeah. uh, CE. Yeah. That's a long time ago. The, the, the reason it has happened is because of the, the programs put in place, the Marshall Plan and everything else after World War II and NATO and the uniting of all of the powers economically so that they're all economically uh, incentivized to get along because people like that stuff. Why are you going to fight a war when you can just trade with somebody, right? That's so this is held for a long time. And one of the underrated things that Trump tried to fuck up was NATO and all of that yeah. alliance system. And I think it's not talked about enough. It's not written about enough, but it's historically super important because without that, you know, we it wasn't that long ago that Germany was rolling into Belgium. You know, they did it mm -hmm. twice last last century, mm -hmm. and plenty of people were alive to remember the the last time they did it. So you know, we're we're in we're in a period of very it's very fragile. It's very rare, and we're all really spoiled. And people our age and younger have not seen what fascism really looks like. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that saw it are either old or dead. And I think that that has an effect. Now, when Sean Hannity goes on TV and says, well, Stalin must not have been so bad because he was our ally in World War II. Everyone's like, yeah, it was on our side because they can think of the things only in terms of like football or like, you know, something like that. And that, that's not what happened. And that's not the situation. It's much more complicated than that. Everybody tries to dumb these things down and make it like yeah. one side versus the other side. It isn't like that. Stalin killed more people in the end than Hitler did, his own people even. So these are both yeah. homicidal maniacs. And, yeah. you know, anything can happen to tip the scales to that again. In Europe from, you know, all the time. I mean, for, you look at the United States, We've had democracy pretty much uninterrupted since we since we declared independence. France, it was a big stop and start for right. a while. Point. You know, they did it. It was really good. Then Napoleon took over and changed all this stuff really fast. Then it went back here. Then it went back there. It was this big tug of war for a long time and, you know, interrupted by things like the German occupation and the Vichy and, 
you know, we're, we're so spoiled in this country. We are so spoiled. And I think people really, I, you know, people watching the show know this, but people at large outside of the audience, they need to understand this, how rare this is. They need to look at the history and understand, you know, one of the things that the Republicans like to do is just pervert history and to lie about it or twist it or spin it. You know, the, like the history of the filibuster, you know, Dinesh to stupid says, well, no, it's not racist at all. And then Kevin Cruz has to go on Twitter and be like, actually, and do the 17, you know, tweet thread about how every time there's a filibuster, historically, it's to prevent some sort of civil rights from happening. So, you know, we need to know these things. People well, need also, to know. That's all. It's also, I mean, this is what you're speaking about is really a narrative warfare. I mean, and you spoke about it earlier, LB, and this is the hardest thing for us to realize is, you know, we're not seeing, a lot, you know, we're not seeing dead bodies, but we're not seeing the kind of dead bodies you see in war, and you're not seeing the kind of destruction you see in war. So where's the war? Everyone keeps asking where the war is. The war is happening in our media, it's happening on social media, and it's happening on TV, but it's happening in our minds, ultimately. So, you know, the reason Dinesh goes out first to to put out a story about about the filibuster is because he knows who goes first, gets, gets right. the first advantage, you know, whoever's out there first, That's saying right. whatever it is about anything, you know, if Donald Trump comes out there first and says, hey, they were peaceful, or if, if Sherwin goes on 60 Minutes and says, oh, they were eating popcorn and having do hot dogs, then that gets cemented in people's minds. Now they've got a picture in their mind. They have won the advantage on the narrative warfare. Then it's up to us or everybody else to start, you know, attacking that and breaking it down. That's a lot of work to attack that down. Sometimes, most of the time, you're able to do it, especially if you have truth on, the, on your side. But it's so much more important to be first. And, you know, yeah. we have to start remembering that we need to own these positions right away. And, you know, the thing that strikes me about everything that we've been through is, is not so much, is it two things. One is that it's a, it's a group of nations, some of which we consider our friends, or at least, you know, elements within those countries that we consider our friends are supporting this. So, you know, you've got, we sort of know that it is Russia, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, we think it's China, and, and of course, Russia. But there are others, you know, I have questions around, you know, countries in Europe that might have given uh, Donald Trump a huge loan or, uh, you know, you sort of begin to question a lot of different alliances. Yeah. And so, you know, who are these countries that want to end democracy and why is, you know, why do they want to do it is a huge thing. And if all these countries are also participating in a, in a narrative warfare, how are they doing it? And that's why I've written a couple of stories in the recent past about exactly that. You know, I looked at at the way China and Russia were cooperating. And recently, just today, I published a story about how Eric Prince seems to have at least tried to build a weapon of mass disinformation, really a weapon that can fuck us up on social media, to, for lack of a better word. So imagine there is thousands and thousands of accounts that we couldn't identify as bots, people that we might think look real, act real, that Twitter can't find, that are out there adding to the GOP fire. So. If you know, Dinesh goes out and says, yeah, the filibuster isn't racist, thousands of other different accounts that we assume are real because the bots can't, the bot machines can't find them are out there helping him inflame that in our system. And it might seem like that's crazy. How could them, you know, Twitter or anybody else not find that? But the truth of it is, it seems possible, at least, it seems likely, and he was doing it or trying to figure it out as early as 2015. He met with a side group from Israel and then Greg Smith, who we know was on our show. This is where the news broke on our show. Greg Smith told us that he overheard in Abu Dhabi at Eric Prince's place with two CIA agents there, what they were working on with Eric Prince. And what they were working on is a PSYOP using social media to attack Iran. 
they were going to use this whole idea of these multiple hidden accounts to attack Iran. And in fact, they might have done that. It seems to be indications that in, in, just in 2017, they tried to do that. But what Greg said that was really striking is he said he believes that Eric Prince took that machine and targeted at America. And, you know, from our experience online, whenever we go online, whenever we wade out into those territories, it can get pretty unbelievable sometimes. Like you've got the facts on your side. You know you're telling the truth. You've got every little bit of information possible. But somehow the narrative just gets swamped. It just it gets, drowned. Just gets yeah. drowned by the other side because there's this unseen machine, this invisible monolith that is crushing everything that we're trying to say by literally just outnumbering us by the number of accounts that are repeating things. So that to me is the, you know, is the, you know, the, the Russians, I, I quoted this a while ago in one of the stories, have this thing used, it's hard to catch a black cat in a dark room, especially if the black cat isn't there. And the black cat is really disinformation, right? You think there's a black cat in the room, but maybe it's not there because you can't see it, you can't, but it's being beamed into the room. And that's what the Russians are really doing or Russians and allies are doing, is they're beaming in a narrative into our world through through television or they're doing it through social media that is actually having a real world impact because people are believing it but it's also amplifying all this negativity all this terrible stuff and it's it's giving it life and so we have to find that black cat and that's that's hard to do so i mean I'll, i can go through a whole story of how this i believe this all got together but you know it's just interesting from your perspectives as well i'd love to hear how you think that has affected you as you've been trying to tell the truth for four years. I mean, you're uh, among the two leading original oh. voices that were out there trying to say, hey, it's Trump Russia. It's Trump Russia. And, and you know, you sort of got there, but people still think it's a conspiracy theory. People still believe, some people still believe it's a conspiracy theory. And so I'd love to hear from you too how that really impacted your ability to shape the story and whether you felt this machine up against you. I'll go with you, Greg. Well, you feel, you know, there is a sense of gaslighting involved and, and you start to you start to doubt your own sanity, which is the point of gaslighting. I remember when the Mueller report came out, you know, really quickly unheralded and cock blocked by Bill Barr, but it came out and I was on vacation that week at a beach in New Jersey. And I'm like, well, I, I can't go to the beach. <laughs> I got to read this. And my book had come out and I'm like, all right, I have to re I have to at least read this quickly. <laughs> you have sure to I read it. <laughs> I felt like I was getting the answers to the quiz back, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, nope, that's it. Yep, yep, got that, got that, got that. Okay, I'm good, you know? But that made me feel like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not making this up. It's not me seeing patterns that aren't there. And, you know, another document that came and went was volume five of the Senate Intelligence yeah. Report, which was much more in-depth and better than the Mueller report, I think, in terms of what actually so happened. Better, yeah. I've been slowly going through on Prevail. Every once in a while, I'll take one character and kind of do a deep dive on some of the stuff that happened. And it's really, it all happened. I mean, it happened. The, the, you're not supposed to meet with Russians, and they were meeting with Russians. <laughs> Kushner wanted to install a phone system in the Russian embassy so that he could talk to Moscow without the CIA or the NSA finding out about it. That happened. That was a real really thing that Jared Kushner did. Yeah. He met with a sanction, the president of a sanctioned bank owned by the Russian state, and yeah. there's conflicting reports about what VEB, conflicting reports out of that about what they talked about 
He said he was meeting him. The, the, the White House said it was a dipl- the Trump White House said it was a diplomatic meeting. But the Russians said, oh, no, it was Kushner was meeting in his capacity as a businessman for his his you know real estate thing. And it's like, OK, if he's if he's meeting him in a personal capacity for his real estate business, that's fucking illegal because the guy's on the sanctions list and you're not allowed by law to do business with the Russian banker oligarch jerk <laughs> on the sanctions list. And if he's there working for Trump before Trump is president, then that's also against the law because it's a different you know, administration. So all this shit happened. And in terms of online, I block people pretty quickly. The Bernie people were much worse to me than the Trump people. Once in you four got, years, they were fu- they were digging up tweets I did in like 2008, <laughs> looking for shit to report. I was like, These people- how obvious it was to us. And look how the facts are there. And yet yeah. you've got people who most people still don't think it's really, I still got it today. People are like, yeah, but you're, you're a bit of a conspiracy theory guy, aren't you? And I'm like, no, no, no. These, these are facts. These are absolute facts. These are not, this is not a conspiracy theory. It's absolute conspiracy. And they still don't believe that Donald Trump had anything to do with the Russians. I mean, maybe a little bit, but they really think maybe it was just more that he was stupid. They don't think that he actually had any any control over him. And I'll be you've you know you've been in this in this for so long. I mean, it's yeah. it's a machine, right? There's something we feel. I feel it. You know, you're like so right. You're like, oh, now we got him, and then it just it never gets them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll admit I didn't see Bill Barr coming. That mm. was, I was like. You know, and I didn't see, frankly, and I think what will go down, and don't hate me, everybody, because I do love her. I love Nancy D'Alessandro from Baltimore so much. <laughs> but when when Pelosi decided not to pursue what came up in the Mueller report and to do investigations on that, you know, they just sort of had a little bit of stuff. And she was like, okay, people aren't getting it. It's too complex. I think that will, historically, we'll look back at that as one of the greatest political errors ever committed. I, I truly believe that. And, and you know, so, uh, okay. For me, it was, it's been a little different because I just, I focused on organized crime and I focused on him being a mobster and I focused on what was happening in the world of organized crime, not just what Donald was directly connected to, but what was happening in the broader world that had, that, you know, gripped him and mm. and that he was a piece of property, owned piece of property. He was owned by organized crime just as his father was. And then, you know, the Russians came in and took over our organized crime families and they just took him. So that not only has a lot of facts uh, uh, with it, but it just defeated any narrative coming at me. Mm. No one called me a conspiracist for that because there's 30, 40 years of evidence of that. Whereas did Donald get help in the election from the Russians? And maybe there's a P tape and what about the Miss Universe pageant? All that shit was horseshit. And I called it horseshit at the time and was like, you know, this is all, you guys are all chasing fucking the wrong shit, right? And you got it's a corn out there, whatever we fucking call that pair, right? And they were like, <laughs> it's this book. It's we've cracked Trump Russia. And I'm like, you idiots. I was standing in that place mm. and it was such solid ground. And there were gangsters on the record going, yeah, Donald Trump's our bitch, right? It, it, you know, <laughs> it just sort of like everybody, you know, it, it just, any, people would come and crash up, they try to come at me and then they would just go, huh, you know, and they go away. Now, where I, so I didn't have all that gaslighting wasn't so hard for me. Where I also stood, because I was standing in the money, you guys, I, 
most of what I found, I found because I was standing in the fucking money and looking up, right? And who else was in that money were a lot of these Nazis and these Mobligarchs, right? And the, and the Mercers and Rupert Murdoch. They were in the money. And so when I went for that, when I went into that end of it and I talked about the Posobiecs and the Chuck Johnsons and the, you know, the 4chan and how that evolved and Junior and the meeting he was in with Bannon and uh, charged by Mercer back in 2014, predating all this. That's when they came for me and they came hard at me for that. Those are the death threats I got. That's the, you know, everything was around that, was around what I was poking at that now is something that, you know, you can hear now mainstream journalists who were also in that group of calling me conspiracy, a conspiracist and a crazy person. And you sound like you from the left if you're saying that Donald's putting out a, a Nazi symbol. It's like, well, I don't know what else to call 1488. I don't know what, I don't know what else to call that number. I mean, what, how come, you know, they were also ignorant, right, of everything that was happening. And now that we've had the insurrection, everyone's, and an expert on extremists, right? And they're all like, oh, it's radicalization. We're being radicalized. I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers. I was saying this four fucking years ago. My hair was on fire trying to raise everyone's attention to this. And I couldn't, you know, so that that part of it, I think, for where we're at now, Greg and I talked about this maybe even today or, or definitely this week a couple times of like, fuck, you know, what are we supposed to do? What do you do when you're the when you're the canary in the coal mine, when you're the Cassandra and you're saying, hello, everyone, and then everyone finally wakes up to it after they've destroyed you, after they've tried to get rid of your voice because it was such a threat to whatever their knowledge base was, or you know, they just couldn't wrap their head around it, right? And now they're all parroting everything we were saying three and four years ago. There, I don't know what to do with that. I got to be honest. I, I, I'm like, what do I do? Messenger is right. always the first, right? The message is always attacked. Yeah. The first person who yeah. shows up on the scene, they're always attacked. Oh, they fucking attacked us. And, yeah. and so it's like, well, well, you know, am I, do I just keep going forward? I think I just keep going forward. And I just keep doing this knowing we're going to get mowed down by, mm -hmm. by, by these lazy ass, the biggest and the worst are the lazy motherfucking you know, cable news talking heads. Those are the worst ones. Well, Jesus, those motherfuckers are lazy and stupid. I've never seen anything so bad in my life. Maybe they're bad operatives, but I don't even want to go there. I just think they're fucking got their heads up their ass. Well, it depends on which network. Big, you know, people like that have enjoyed court. watching. Look, <laughs> if we're going to be boycotting Atlanta, CNN is there. Mm -hmm. Fuck that shit. Cut that off. I'm not saying it's fake news. I'm just saying it's 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 really engaged in this outrage mm. machine that is the same it's the it's the same operation in the same machine that you're talking about right yeah. they're so fucking addicted to it they're so engaged in it they're getting i think probably a lot of pressure right and i kind of want to if anything if i'm going to be a, a canary in this moment if i'm going to be a sort of hey <laughs> you know I, it's it's letting them know, look, you're going to lose people because that moment of Donald's presidency, that was such a media ratings bonanza, not because he was some kind of media ratings bonanza, but because the moment was such a moment of threat. And yeah. so everybody engaged in it because 
it was so clearly, fuck, they're going to fucking kill us and they're going to kill our democracy. This is, this is when we all do engage. It, it didn't, it wasn't because he was a personality and you have to find another personality or, you know, it's because we were rightly afraid and concerned and on alert, heavy duty alert for what was happening to us. So it's okay You're, it, to keep the ratings there, to keep everything there, dialed up to 25, as if that's the new norm, it is going to destroy us. Mm-hmm. It, it will destroy, destroy it's us. It's the black cats. That is the black cats. You know? It's the black cat. And so I actually think the, the cut the cold thing is absolutely right. I think, you know, we had a domestic terrorist attack on us on January the 6th. That was, we all think it's domestic terrorism. The FBI thinks it's domestic terrorism. So anyone who supports domestic terrorism shouldn't have access to every home in America. Everyone who has who supports domestic terrorism should not have access to everyone's phones in North America. They should be banned. This is what happens everywhere else in the world when you have terrorist organizations. They're labeled right. terrorist organizations and they get banned from spreading their hateful message. And so I, you know, there are legitimate news organizations, of course. But when you get to the Newsmaxes, and you get to the OANs and Facebook. Fox News, frankly, and to Facebook and to Twitter, even though we're on it right now, you know, and Parler, <laughs> you name it. Like you're either gonna, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say you're either for democracy or you're against democracy. If you're against democracy, you don't actually fit here. You're not allowed here because we consider that a terrorist organization because that's not our constitution. And the last time you guys went rampant all over our capital and tried to destroy our democracy, that's why we don't like that. And so we're banning it. We're just not going to have that part of our society. I know it's so not American because everyone needs to have the First Amendment, but we don't actually have a right to say everything. We only have a right to say things that are not going to cause hurt or harm to other people. Never mind hurt or harm to our own to our own constitution and country. You know, it's perfectly okay to say, hey, GOP. No, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to support authoritarian causes. And we can't have TV networks that go out there and say that democracy should be destroyed or that coronavirus doesn't, you know, doesn't exist or, or whatever. You're not allowed to do those things. It's harmful to our democracy. I, I honestly think that you know, that is the black cat. The black cat is these media organizations and these social media organizations. That's how they're projecting all of this onto America. If you ban that, you get rid of the, of the cat. They have nothing to project to it. Well, the yeah. lights come I on. I want to say, yeah. 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 I want to say, I got to say two things real quick. And then we get, are we going to bring the yeah, guest on? Yeah, we're going to bring Tracy on? Okay. okay. Cause she's, she's been waiting patiently. I know, I know she has been. First of all, yeah. LB had sources and new stuff early on. And I did not, I was just trying to figure this all out on my own without any sources and stuff. So it's a different, it's not the same as different. And I, I don't think it's accurate for to say for, for, for me, to claim to be in the know way back when, because I was not. I, I I suspected things, I figured things out, but I didn't know. But that know. figuring things out I, is actually what my, needed to happen. My, I mean, I think that's-, I, that's I, I, I disagree. My, my, I disagree. My understanding I disagree. Is, is, so the other thing I'm gonna say is that this is true, okay? I have terrible vision. I can't see shit without my glasses, but at night when I wake up and I go to the bathroom in the dark and I don't have my glasses on, I can see the black cat just fine. <laughs> I really can, not joking. <laughs> Wow. All right. That's fantastic. I love that.